Oh yeah, we've got music, folks. How are we doing today? This is Caleb and... Uh, I'm Tim. We are the middle. The we're, middle. We're in the middle. We're right in the middle. Now. We're in the middle. Uh, hope you're doing well and had a great week, folks. I'm so excited we have music now. It's progression, man. It's progression. I'm growing as a network or a show. You are. I'm proud yeah. of you. Thanks. It's gr- I'm glad to call you a friend and an officiant. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's what you are—a friend and an officiant. So an officiant. Yeah. So how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. What's What's new? What's new? Well, I guess uh, we didn't record last weekend on the main show, so this is like the actual update. Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> You're welcome. Great content. Uh, I went to the doctor yesterday for my four-month checkup. Uh, I went in March because of what happened in October the whole thing you can go back to listen to past episodes uh and just a four-month checkup to see where i'm at and i've lost a crap ton of weight almost like dude has he looks felt thanks felt i svelte. love that word felt felt uh since october of 2020 i've lost about 50 pounds wow man yeah uh so he was very impressed with my weight loss and the whole process is just to check my cholesterol levels because it needed medication. It was yeah. that bad. Yeah. So hopefully I get off of this medication with the weight loss and the diet and all that stuff. So I got to say, folks, Tim has definitely lost weight like in areas where it's difficult for everyone else to lose weight. Like literally his hips, the hip, the, the love handles, mm-hmm. less to handle, man. I know. It's I know. really great to see you. I'm happy for you. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Fourth of July, we hung out. We did. That was fun. That was real fun. I was surprised. I was like, I don't know if Tim's going to come because it's a lot of people. <laughs> we were we we went to Main Street St. Charles and watched on the riverfront. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I have talked with Kate about seeing these fireworks basically since we met because we met on July 11th. Okay. And so, you know, we missed that Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next Fourth of July, it flooded. So there was no fireworks for that fourth. Uh, I think they had them in September, but I'm like, I don't want to go in September. Uh, <laughs> That's so, so weird. Yeah, and then the year after was 2020, so oh, there was yeah. no fireworks then. So this was the year we finally got to see the fireworks on Main Street, and I was so happy that it was back. I thought it was great. It was great. It was a zoo. There were so many people there. There was. But yeah, I was fine with it. I usually get like social anxiety and stuff, but that's what I was, I was a little fine. worried that you might get a little anxious. Ooh, light went out. Yep. Uh, was worried you might get a little anxious or not enjoy yourself, but you seemed to have fun. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, we got to see your friend, Jay, our friend Jason, who we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Podcast listener, Jason, how's it going? <laughs> Shout out to you. Shout out. Excuse me, I just burped into the mic. Yeah, that's kind of gross. It's fine. Yeah. But anything else going on? Uh, not really. My work is going to be insane. Hmm. Absolutely insane. Why is that? Uh, so, uh, oh gosh, two weeks ago, they announced that we we're going to re-enter, go back into the office on July 19th. Oh, wow. You're almost a week away. Yeah. Uh, with no detailed plans, no, uh, information on what's going to happen. If we're going to have a split shift or we're going to be working eight hours or, nothing there's no flex scheduling it's like oh just everyone back uh apparently 75 <laughs> percent okay. of our population we're opening up to 75 percent wow uh but no plans no nothing management is freaking out going what's what's going to happen because we don't sure. even know so it is mass chaos mm. and uh july 19th wow my, my work actually 
is having everyone come back in phases. And I'm pretty impressed with how they did this, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's in September they're going to have, like, senior leadership goes back. Mm -hmm. And then October, management goes back. And then November, the rest of us go back. So it's going to go out in, in, you know, in steps like this, which is great. Also, I think it's great that they started it in September because people with families, they don't want to look for babysitters for kids in the summer. So they really did everyone a solid, I think, by doing that. The downside is I think this company didn't learn, oh, hey, people can work from home. And that's a good thing. They didn't learn. They're like, no, no, you're just coming back full time. So it's like, oh, man. All right, fine. Right. I think a lot of businesses are doing that. Like they're, They've figured it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as, oh, we got this whole telework thing going on, but we don't like it. We want everyone back in the office. I, see, I've seen differently. I've seen a lot of companies say, no, it's cool. You can stay remote, just like friends in Chicago and Dallas. Their companies have just kind of said, no, work remote. We're going to save money on not having to pay for office buildings that we rent right, out. Right. And even the company I work for, unless you are in like the main hub, mm-hmm. some of like the offices that they had in other places are like, eh, just work remote. It's fine. Nice. So they're even saving money with that. It's just that, oh, you're in the uh, hub of everything. You have to come in. They mm-hmm. did say, though, that we are going to be now business casual. Ooh, fancy. Guess what that means? Uh, like slacks and a t-shirt or like a polo? That, w- that would be business casual, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. This just means I don't have to wear a tie. Oh, good. Everything else is staying the same. Perfect. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wonderful. My place of employment is below business casual, like not I, even casual. You it's wear below pajamas? That. Yeah. I've, I worked at a company that was like that, yeah. Uh, legit. Yeah. And I work for the federal government. <laughs> well, this company was Groupon, so yeah. They, yeah. Used, they used to have kegs on Fridays. I'm like, all right, this place is different. <laughs> it is what it is. And working for the federal government, everything's just in chaos, and we have to do what D.C. tells us to do and yeah. what the president wants and all that stuff. And it's just chaos. No one knows what's going to happen or anything. It's so. not really what the president is saying directly to you. It's probably people in his cabinet who are just like, all right, listen, I'm taking this one. It, well, I mean, the s- second in command is the archivist of the United States who answers to the president. All right. So it it's kind of his decision. As far as I know. Yeah, but like his meetings with the president are probably like, all right, you got 30 minutes on a random Tuesday probably. this month. That's it. Well, I know that our senior leadership has had uh, hearings in Congress. Okay. So it's that kind of serious. Yeah. So, But that's not with the president full time. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not like him and Biden are going, hey, do we got our normal Wednesday <laughs> slot to go play 18 somewhere? Well, yeah. I mean, apparently members of Congress have been writing letters and talking to the president about us specifically, and they approved a bunch of money to us, and nice. we better get back to work. Or yeah, you else. better. You better get that paycheck. Right. It's chaos. I'm sure. It is absolute chaos, and I'm here for the dumpster fire. I mean, a lot of jobs are like that, so but I, with ours, with mine, there's been plenty of weird moments that I've had recently. I, I was hired on... Uh, to this team and I've loved it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been really helpful. Um, I enjoy the work sometimes, but it's more that the people are great and they're knowledgeable and helpful. So mm-hmm. that's perfect. 
Well, there's been a bit of a reorg. So I got moved onto a, a, a conjoining team or, or team that's like just right next to ours pretty much. And they're from what I've worked with, they've been okay so far. Right. But the manager is out on maternity leave. <laughs> so my old manager's like, listen, I'm probably still going to be your manager until like September, maybe even later. So I'm like, okay, so nothing's really changed at this point. So, right. but I mean, that's just kind of one of those weird things where you're like, man, I love my team and now I'm getting moved randomly for no reason. But right. that's what happens when you're a, you know, a surf to these feudal lords and all of their... <laughs> And they're billions. So. And they're billions. I really yeah. should not compare myself to like a surf in Russia because it was way worse than this. <laughs> but literally, they're the they're the you know the the powers that be. They're the uh, um, upper class, the feudal lords that have all the power, and we're just kind of there. Not I'll say peasantry. I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, we're just kind of the ones that make sure that they make their billions. Yeah, the grunts. Yeah. The grunts. That's why I said peasantry. I'm not a slave. I'm not a serf, because I do make a nice wage, but it's just, you know, enough to get by. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So. Me too. But, um, yeah. I, updates with me. I, um, We've got the vow renewal coming up, so it's all these wedding plans, really, uh -huh. that we uh -huh. just have to finish up, mm -hmm. and that's coming up at the end of uh, September. I'm excited for it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, man, there's all of this stuff. And my poor wife, who's doing most of it, she wants to do it, but it's stressing her out. So I'm like, all right, I'm just here to try to support you as best as possible. But right. it is tough to watch, and it's sometimes tough to get stuff done. I mean, I do whatever I'm assigned and make sure it's done, but I just want it kind of over at this point. <laughs> We're getting you. a lot of no's, actually. We're getting more no's than we expected. Really? Yeah, I think... That's come down to a few factors. I think one is people still don't feel comfortable traveling in COVID and all of that. So I think that's playing a big part of it. And the other thing, I think people are just sick of us. <laughs> they are just tired of like, all right, you guys had your wedding already. You've been engaged. You were engaged for a long time. No, done. I think they're done with us. That could be. Yeah. I know a wedding I went to last year uh, during kind of in the midst of COVID, uh, they had to reschedule like three or four times and yeah. they just knocked their list down to like 50, 60 people. It's going to be less for us for sure. Yeah. So, which is, you know, it's fine. We'll have people from around here. I mean, we also invited some family that are a little older mm -hmm. just to say, Hey, you get your, you know, come on, you know, we'd love to have you here. If you can't, we understand. There was one relative. I said, no, we will not invite this person. <laughs> oh no. She is, um, a bit racist. Oh, good. You know, not the type of person that I want to... So, it's my Aunt Vera. <clears throat> there was a time when I lived in Chicago that she called me up randomly. Mm -hmm. I was at the gym, and I saw she called. And I was like, okay, hey, I'm, I'm running on the treadmill. I don't want to stop my, my uh, progression right now, so I just turned the phone around and just finished my running. I finished running and turned the phone around and she had called like seven times. Oh, I'm like, good. Oh no, she fell. Oh, she's in trouble. I call her back. I go, Vera, what's wrong? She goes, things aren't all right. Things are not all right. <laughs> oh, I'm like, good. Okay. What's happening? They are about to change O'Hare airport to Obama airport. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you fallen? No. Are you okay? Physically? 
Well, yeah, I guess. What do you want me to do about that? A, I don't care if they change it to Obama Airport. Whatever. And she goes, well, you got to do something. You've got friends up there. I'm like, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? I am no one. And I'm fine with that. Oh, that's perfect. So, yeah, that, I said, no, we're not inviting her. That would be one. She She would literally call the white house like every day apparently and like so often to complain about president obama that she was blocked good they literally like okay fantastic this, this person is like almost a domestic terrorist we gotta <laughs> i mean she couldn't hurt anything because she's you know four foot three and you know just oh, that's hilarious yeah did they actually name o'hara obama no okay no she heard that from some I don't know, conspiracy theorist who was trying to make conservatives upset. Also, who cares if they change it to Obama airport? That's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Will it get me where I need to go on time? Fine. Well, and something that old, you it's never going to be I, renamed. Like, I, Here's what I think is going to happen. I think airports are one day going to be named like, uh, uh, baseball stadiums, <laughs> they're going to have sponsors in order to make more money. Yeah. In a capitalistic culture, you got to find a way to make money anytime. So I think it'll be, you know, O'Hare, O'Hare Airport brought to you by FedEx or something like that. <laughs> Pepsi. Yeah. Pepsi Pepsi brings you Lambert Airport. Yeah. And then the, all the planes will just be Pepsi. Like, yeah. Logo. yeah. It's capitalism, man. Got to find a way to make that buck for no reason at all. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's... Anyways, so yeah, we're we're progressing on that front. Fourth of July was really great. Um, it was great to go to Main Street St. Charles, kind of have that feel of things going back to normal, but also knowing, hey, we've got the Delta variant that's really crushing the state of Missouri right now. Yeah, that's cause, insane. Yeah, causing lots of concerns. So that's kind of a drag, but it, it's even with that, it still feels like it's better this year than it was last year at this time. So hopefully things progress. Hopefully things progress. Uh, in Missouri, it's not looking so hot, but not to be doom and gloom. It's, it's southern Missouri. Right. But the problem is a lot of the uh, St. Louisans like to go to the Lake of the Ozark or Springfield or Branson where it's hitting. Isn't though, like, aren't the vaccines, like, incredibly great against the Delta variant? Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's the unvaccinated people. Um, and I don't want to spew any facts quote unquote mm. that aren't true um but yeah apparently all the only people in the hospital or dealing with this are people that are unvaccinated mm. but it is more contagious and more deadly than the previous covid yeah. variant yeah honestly it just it's reminding me of the spanish flu anything i've read about the spanish flu variants happened with that and then it got the variant was worse after the second year almost so it's yeah. a great thing we have the vaccine mm-hmm because more people would be dying for sure, but uh, yeah. And I think in our area, it's like 30% are vaccinated or something like that. In the St. Louis area, only 30%? Like 38% maybe. Ah. Yeah. Missouri is the lowest uh, vaccinated state, and we are the worst for COVID. See, I thought I had heard that some of the other, some other states were, but eh, hey, I could be wrong. It is what it is. I do think it's funny that my mother-in-law who lives just across the river, like in Edwardsville, was saying, like, you guys need to be careful going around Missouri. You know, mm-hmm. it's all really bad. I'm like, yeah, 
you do know that it doesn't just stop at the river. You know, it's definitely <laughs> just as bad in southern Illinois. Probably. As it is there because over there it's kind of the same sort of feel. The reason why it's higher, the, the vaccination rates are higher is because in Chicago and northern Illinois, more people are vaccinated. Southern mm. Illinois is a bunch of Hoosiers. Sorry if you're a Hoosier from Southern Illinois. <laughs> you should just own it at this point. Right. But anyways, so I'm like, yeah, you know that it's still happening there too, but whatever. <laughs> the whole thing's just crazy. Get vaccinated and you won't have to worry about it. Problem solved. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I'm trying to think if there's any other fun updates, but there's nothing that I can really think about that is worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, life has been pretty quiet for me. Oh, I uh, I signed up actually for an improv class at Ooh. the improv shop. But it's not like scenic work or anything like that. It's all going to be, um, it's called Coaching 101. Um, the way people, they'll form teams and mm-hmm. they'll do shows, but they always have like a coach who's kind of like a director slash producer. Yeah. They give performers notes on, hey, you made this move, maybe try this the next time or all right, where was the team going here? Good move on that. They, they just do a lot of coaching, legitimately is what they're doing, right. uh, uh, for the players. So I signed up for that. I do have some experience coaching. So it'll be kind of nice to see, like, okay, what are my experiences? How does it differ from what the class says? Um, hopefully at some point I'd love to be a coach down at the improv shop. I'd love to perform there when things open up and, and – right starts to become a regular thing again so um yeah we'll see i'm looking forward to it though it starts in august i believe so a little ways out okay yeah i thought about doing that as well oh yeah improv classes yeah dude you totally should first of all it's great therapy in general well i'm sure it was actually started as play therapy on the south side of chicago mm-hmm. basically this lady found these at-risk kids in i want to say it was the 1930s 1940s uh, her name was viola spolin and she got all of these kids to do like play theater games and okay. all these theater games turned into what are improv mm-hmm. scenes. Like you would see almost like a, a whose lines it anyway, sort of like that is what they were. And then her son or not her son and this other guy came along, worked under her, uh, basically then took it and made it into second city. Okay. So he made all of these, uh, games into scenes and the scenes then became uh, um, kind of rehearsed over and over again so they knew how the scene would work and these improv scenes then became literally Second City reviews. So that's where uh, uh, John Belushi, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, all of these great names in comedy, Chris Farley, they all came from Chicago's Second City and mm-hmm. I.O., which has just closed uh, this not too long ago because of the pandemic and other issues there, but Growlings um, is another one. Growlings out, out in LA. Yep. That's where Will Ferrell came from mm-hmm. and Kristen Wiig, uh, uh, Phil Hartman, a lot of great performers are from the LA scene. New York has a scene as well with a, a UCB upright citizens brigade. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. So, but I would tell anyone take an improv class because you just make friends. So that's a, it's a great social setting. Right. But then also it's origins are in play therapy. Mm-hmm. you literally just can't help but I think if you leave yourself open to what they're doing, get something out of it. Right. So it's it, you just make make believing is all it is. Yeah, and I, I like performing. I mean, 
being a former pastor slash teacher, it's a performance in a way. Yeah, I would recommend it. They used to have like a very basic class. I don't know if they're doing that anymore. It might just go into level one at this point, but I would totally recommend it. It's great. For sure. I did a little bit. I took a lot of drama classes in high school. Oh, okay. And speech classes and whatnot. So you'll have an idea. Yeah. Just, I have a basic idea. Yep. Just saying yes to whatever the other person has yes and. presented and continue it on. Yeah. Yes and. Scene. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I, I may do that. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to pressure you now more and more to do it. Also, I'm going to pressure you to let me see your Bumble profile <laughs> because I still haven't seen it and I want to, <laughs> I just want to have fun and see it. <laughs> I thought about deleting it. No. And starting over and letting you like just Oh yeah, okay. Do that. Yeah, I, I like that. That yeah. sounds more fun. Yeah. I need to get more pictures of me. Yes. I think now that you're slimming down. Exactly. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. We'll do a photo Oh, okay. Well, we'll do a photo shoot. We'll do a photo shoot. But then in September you're gonna be in a nice suit as the officiant. You and me are in the same wavelength. This oh, is man. what I thought. Okay, so yeah. Instead of doing it in July, doing it in September because I'll have nicer photos mm-hmm. because of the photo shoot and then... Yep, because we'll, be we'll be doing pictures for sure, but imagine just a nice picture. You, there's me and Kate out there. We're just standing, holding hands, looking at each other, and you're there presiding over everything. It's going to look... Which we still need to hammer down and talk about. <laughs> no, you don't. All right, I'll send you what Netzer had sent me in the past, and so you can just take a look at it, and yeah, we'll go from there. Just... Work off that. Okay. There's a script. I know. Do you want me to follow that script? Do you want me to make something up? Do you want it to be 5, 10, 20, half hours, six hours? Well, long? I think the script was like 15-ish minutes. And then... Uh, well, because that was more wedding. This is more of we're, we're celebrating it, you. No, we're, it's basically the wedding again. Is it the wedding again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I Honestly, I don't know what like the difference would be, though, between a vow renewal and a wedding so i think we're just doing wedding vows all of that good stuff well it's whatever you guys want to do yeah i was thinking along the lines of like just celebrating the fact that you are now a year into your marriage and love and mentioning the whole covid thing like yeah that might be good for like the top like at the very top just mentioning all of that and then we just talk we we do our vows and then we do the hand tying ceremony are we doing the hand tying ceremony? Yeah, we'll do that again. I thought it was pretty nice. Okay. I liked it. I think, though, since we had told my niece, Ryan, that she could preside over it because she, I don't know why, I thought it was funny to ask her. Uh-huh. And she goes, oh, my gosh, it's on my bucket list. I'm like, yeah, you're you 17. That. How do you have a bucket list? But okay. But uh, I saw her, uh, what was it, Wednesday was my dad's birthday? Mm-hmm. No, Thursday. Sorry, Thursday. So I'm hanging out there and she's like, hey, you need to let me know. Am I doing the thing or am I not? I'm like, no, sorry, we're going to have Tim Farr do this. And she goes, who's that? This is stupid. I'm like, well, why is it stupid? Because I don't know him. Like, oh, well, that makes it stupid, huh? She's like, yeah. So, well, we might have something for you to do. And I was going to have her read the hand tying. um, Absolutely. So she'll do that part. Okay. Yeah. And then kiss your wife. You may now kiss your wife again. <laughs> For the second time only. Yes. Oh, of course. Of course, folks. I still haven't consummated the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. We waited a year. Yep. Because I needed this moment here. But uh, that, so, yeah. That's fine. That's that's the deal with all of that. So, we're going to have some good pictures for you. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just hand you, that will be my wedding present to you, is just handing you my Bumble profile. What does your do. bio say? I, I don't even remember. That's a shame. I don't use it that often. But still, your bio is pretty, like. I'm hardly ever using Bumble or Tinder. Good. Yeah, that's good. You should only use it when you want to, so that's good. Yeah. You're not wanting to, that's fine. But um, yeah, I think your bio could be funny. You got to make it fun. Yeah. Because mine said when I met Kate, I'm a nerd. I do improv. I'm seven foot nine. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. So try something. Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave you for that. Sweet. This is going to be great. Yeah. I think we'll just do a podcast of us putting together the Bumble profile. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we can put pictures on social media. <laughs> well, they have to come from my social media. No, I mean of like the profile. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that way people can see like, oh, this is the profile that we talked about. <laughs> yeah, no shame here. No, no shame. So speaking of shame, we're going to talk about um, my wife again. Okay. Uh, she's an avid podcast listener. Mm-hmm. And... Hasn't listened to the show at all? No, not at all. We talked about that on the 4th. We did. And I realize it's because we don't have enough talk about murders. Yeah, I mean, obviously, some of the top podcasts are about murders. Yeah. And so I figured for Kate, this one's for Kate, we are going to talk about a murder and we're going to solve it. Yes. That is what our plan is. Now, fair warning, Tim did research. Ish. ish he did some research he knows the guy's name uh-huh. me no i did none <laughs> i just want to talk and make uh-huh. jokes uh-huh. and you know what i still think we'll solve the murder of alessandro stradella stradella stradella, stradella. oh my gosh we need to start an italian restaurant called stradella <laughs> Oh maybe maybe it's like a mystery theater. Oh, where there's a murder. Oh, yeah, uh, first, dinner theater. Yeah, we could do dinner theater with it. Although I feel bad because I'm so not Italian that if I did Stradella, if I did that, they'd be like someone would be like, okay, you're, you know, you're 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 ruining my heritage. You're making fun of it. It's like no, I'm not. It feels great to talk that way with passion. But. With passion, we serve pasta and like pizza and like. Italian cuisine. Of course. It'd have to be great Italian cuisine. First of all, would we get a place on the hill? Yeah, absolutely. So it has to be on the hill. (laughs) A murder mystery theater, (laughs) dinner mystery theater on the hill Uh called Uh Stradellas. And they literally, every every show is pretty much solving the murder of (laughs) Alessandro Stradella. Well, this is, I don't want to, what are they called? With puppets. With puppets. Yeah. Oh man, a puppet show. That'd be so creepy. I don't want to ruin my thunder, whatever that expression is. Uh, is that an expression? I don't know. I Something don't think about ruining, thunder. I don't think ruining your thunder. What, what is that expression? Uh, first of all, how do you ruin someone, well, a person's thunder? I don't know. Are you Zeus? Yes. Okay, well, fine. <laughs> uh, but apparently there was two plays written after this guy has died mm. talking about his murder. About Stradella's murder? Uh-huh. Huh, who wrote him? I don't know. I'd have to look. Oh, I was hoping he'd be like Shakespeare. No, this guy was after Shakespeare. Yeah, First of all, way after. Do you want to give a little bit of a info on who Stradella, Alessandro Stradella? Stradella. Was? He was an Italian composer, singer, and violinist known for his cantatas. Cantata. Which sounds more 
Spanish than Italian. It I don't be. I don't know what a cantata is. It's Latin based, I'm sure. It sounds like so. boobies to me. Tatas. Tatas, yeah. yeah. That made me think of tater tots, but <laughs> that's because I love food. You want potatoes, I want boobies. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. One of us is single. It's fine. <laughs> so sorry. I just burped. That's fine. I was, I was burping up some cantatas. <laughs> cantatas. I had some p- fries on the way over. <laughs> some fries from where? Chick-fil-A. Oh, okay. Get something on the run. So, okay, what year was he born? He was born in 1639, April 3rd, 1639. April birthday. Sorry to see you go, man. Sorry you had to die. Fellow April birthday here. And he died in February 25th, 1682. In what city? Genoa. Genoa? Genoa, okay. I'm not Italian. So, Genoa was like a pretty good seafaring, like small little country. They they had a great navy. A lot of trade went through there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, do we know if this guy was like a merchant? No, uh, he was don't. an Italian composer, just an Italian composer, so singer and violinist. Okay, Wait, was he married? That's a part of the story. Let me hear it. Well, the breakdown of this, and this goes into his uh, eventual murder, is apparently he was uh, almost murdered three times. What? Yeah, dude. After once, you got to figure out a better defense plan. So he spent time in Modena, Venice, Rome, and Florence. Mm-hmm. And so he's skipping around all over the place. Uh, in Turin in 1677, an attempt was made to murder him mm. for reasons not known. This guy, okay. So here's the thing. Kate has told me it's always the husband. So this plan doesn't work here because mm-hmm. it seems like he was heterosexual. He was. All right. Uh, or, or you know, at least it, he could have been closeted, but he was married to a woman. Well, that's, there's more details. Oh, my God. This is great. Okay. Uh, he was hired by a nobleman to tutor, tutor uh, Alves Cantart. Cantar- this is great this is great (laughs) i'm I'm not italian i don't care if you're not this is great uh contrariania yeah uh to tutor this woman into music and they end up like getting together okay uh and that is why they believe that he was murdered because they elope this woman that he's teaching music to that is this old man hired so he seems so the main culprit Seems to be the father-in-law. Either the father-in-law or this lady and uh, the guy. So <clears throat> this nobleman who is unnamed mm. hires Stradella yeah. to tutor this woman. We'll call him Tim. Tim. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Tim. It's a very Italian name. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> so this nobleman, Tim, mm. hires Stradella to tutor this woman. What's I'll her name? Alvis, A L V I S E. Alvise. Alvise. Yep. <laughs> we probably screwed that one up. Amy no. Tony is going to be like, no, no on all of this. Yeah. Uh, we're just making all the. We're going to get hit by the mafia. No, we're not. Nope. <laughs> I would never disrespect them. Never. Well, we totally are. It's fine. So no. this old man hires uh, Stradella to tutor this woman into music. And apparently there's going, something going on with the nobleman and this woman. But Stradella is like, yo, hey, lady. And then they end up eloping, and that's mm. when those murder attempts start happening. It seems more like the guy's mad that Stradella took her. Sounds like it. Yeah. So, okay, he's 
He's the prime target. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, I don't know. There, there could have been other things that could have happened. Like, maybe... So, in this area, it would have been very Catholic. So, mm-hmm. maybe something like that could have set off, like, the Vatican or the local churches because they wouldn't like a local celebrity bringing on that kind of scandal. Right. So, it could have been... An inside job done by the Vatican to say, we don't want this kind of sin here. Goodbye. Could be. Yeah. Um, But he was attacked three times. Okay. So one time was in Turin. One time was in Turin. So here's where things get a little interesting and fuzzy. Ooh, yes. Uh, So he gets attacked three times and there is two different plays written for this guy. I'm trying to look through my notes very quickly to find this. Uh, one called Stradella, an opera based on his life and violent death by Louis Niedemeyer, was produced in Paris in 1837, followed by another opera called Estrado Stradella, mm-hmm. composed by uh, Frederick von Floto in 1844, and they kind of romanticize the murder. Bunch of Germans, man. Niedermeyer, that's German. Yeah. And the other guy had a von in it, so he's German. Yep. Uh, so they kind of romanticize the story but because we don't have any facts other than he was murdered by some assassins and his attempt was three times that's the only facts that we know so everything else could is kind of a result of this opera and these plays okay so how long after his murder did these operas come out so he got murdered in 1682 and the first one is in 1837 oh holy cow that's a couple hundred years man yep uh, there is an article written in 17-something uh, that talks a little bit about this. Well, about the murder? Yep. Okay. So hold up, though. Where was the second attempt for his murder made? Oh, my gosh. I have to look at my notes, man. Well, oh, I got something. Oh, okay. So I didn't even mention this, and I should have given this my update. Okay. Folks, get a medical marijuana license. <laughs> I know this is a big segue here, and I'm not even, I have nothing to promote. We're not getting paid for this. I wish we were, but we're not. Uh, But I got my medical marijuana license, Uh and my sleep has been phenomenal. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I just take one gummy at night. Mm -hmm. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour to kick in. Mm -hmm. So then I just let that ride for about 30 minutes, and then I'm out. Nice. It is the best best how is the anxiety going because that's way down way down and a lot of it is because of getting better sleep nice i could Perfect. yeah i did try quote micro dosing one day and i was just lazy i did nothing all day and i hated it so mm. like it was on a saturday over the fourth of july had a little bit of the gummy mm-hmm. and i just felt myself like oh i don't want to do anything which is very a not me mm-hmm. b um, I don't know. It, it, it just, I was not responsive at all. So because of that, I felt lazy. I felt bad the next day. So I wouldn't recommend myself doing the microdosing, but at night, just having a gummy, I fall asleep and I get good deep sleep, which is nice. Nice. And then because of that, I feel like my anxiety is way down as well. And that's awesome. Yeah. So instead of a glass of wine, it's a... Uh... Marijuana gummy. Yeah, that's it. Nice. And also, I'm sure it's it's way healthier because just digesting it is fine. 
Yeah. It's if you're taking if you're smoking it, that's not good for your lungs. So or that's your throat not, or anything. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not doing anything like that. And then also, like I'm not drinking as much. Right. So that's better for me as well. So yeah. hopefully that helps me lose the weight of yours that I found, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of this is probably not drinking. Yeah. Agreed. And well, working out too. Oh, yeah. Did you find out where the second murder was? So the first one, uh, on their arrival to in Rome, the assassins learned that Stradella had completed a new oratorio over the performance of which he presided in. Uh, they were so amazed by his performance that they decided not to kill him and then tell him about uh, what their, their plans were. What? <laughs> so these idiots... Okay, this needs to be made into a movie. First of all, the assassins were like, all right, we're going to kill this guy. And then they see his play first, or musical, mm-hmm. and they're like, can't do it. Well, He's this is when I mentioned the two plays are kind of... That's what the plays are saying happened. So we got... This has to be made into some sort of comedy. Right. Well, this is our dinner theater. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yep, with puppets. With puppets. Uh, to which they fled... And then he was attacked one night by another band of assassins. Someone had some serious cash to be able to hire that many assassins. Yup. So then he escapes and he's recovering from his wounds. They marry uh, him and this woman. And then they uh, finally gets murdered. Okay. So another thing about Alessandro. Uh Scadella. Stradella. Stradella. There's a T. My bad. He had the worst job possible mm-hmm. uh, for this life, okay, or for trying to get away from assassins, because his whole thing was about being in front of people, having performances, having musicals, and he couldn't do it. Because, uh, well, he did do it, but if he would have hidden for a while, he would have been fine. Problem is, he would have... His career would have died, so he needed to kind of keep out there in public. I'm telling you what, assassins, man, if they're given a celebrity, I'm sure they're like, huh, all right, I got to kill this celebrity. I just got to figure out a way around the details of it, but I'll know where they are. Locating them is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my thought. Yeah, I mean, the story is just kind of fascinating. Um it sounds like uh, uh, this nobleman, this unnamed nobleman, Tim. his name Tim, yeah. uh, was hooking up with this girl and then hires his composer to then like improve her singing. Uh, and then Stradella and this girl end up falling in love. And then this nobleman, Tim, wants to kill Stradella. It's got to be. But then again, like, it could have been too. He was a musician. I don't trust musicians. <laughs> I've, I'll state that right now. I, he could have just left like a theater and owed them some performances, and some theater owners like, "Oh no, you will die now." Well, the other thought I have is, you know, those people when you're in a nice, beautiful hiking area, and they just have their phone or their Bluetooth speaker on full volume, and oh, you're yeah. just like, "Oh my gosh, this person's." awful maybe he was just a neighbor that got sick of his piano playing mm. and i was like i'm gonna I w- dude i will say this i'm so glad none of my neighbors play the drums or anything like that mm-hmm. i would not be down i've told kate's uh sister listen you're gonna buy our kids stuff we buy your kids stuff uh-huh no drum kits because if you buy our kid a drum kit i'm buying your kid an even bigger drum kit <laughs> 
with more symbols. More symbols. Yes. So uh, that is entirely possible. I also remember when I lived in Chicago, I always took the uh, the brown line into the city for uh, you know, the train is what I would take every day into the city for work. And I remember there would be occasionally someone playing music. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Imagine it's 7.30 in the morning. You haven't had your coffee yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in a crammed train, and someone is playing obnoxious music. Pick the genre. Doesn't matter. So they're playing that, and then all of a sudden, you just, that's the end of it. That's the end of your day, you feel like. It's like, I can't, it's, this is the worst. I totally think now, it was not Tim. (laughs) The neighbor could have totally been like, listen, I live in Genoa. We got a lot of money here mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're big, you know, wealthy merchants that are trading in and out of our port. Yeah, they could have easily done that too. Right. Or it could have been the papacy. Could have been. Because they had a lot of assassins. It's true. I mean, the only real facts, everything has been romanticized and history is kind of weird, is that this Stradella was just murdered by assassins or people, somebody. But three attempts. Three attempts. That's insane. Well, so he was wounded the second time. The first time the assassin said, oh, we love you, and then don't do it. <laughs> the second time he's wounded, and so they flee again, and that's yeah. when they finally murder him. Dude, he, okay, he should have just gotten out of Italy. Dude needed to go to France, uh, just anywhere else. Just get German, the, any of those German states at that point. Get out of there. Mm-hmm. Vienna. He wasn't far from Vienna. They, well, I don't know if Vienna was as big into music at that point. But. Yeah, we're, we're also talking like the late 1600s. Well, I mean, Vienna started, well, when was Mozart? I guess Mozart was in the 1700s. Wasn't he like... 1800s maybe no because they didn't have a picture there's no like picture of them i was gonna say like 1500s that's a google right there most i'm gonna say it was the 1700s but let me check here i i think it was way earlier than that wolfgang amadeus mozart was born in 1756 and died in 1791 okay all right all right i think i'm actually well we're supposed to go to his birthplace in Salzburg. Okay. Which would be pretty cool. I'd like to see that. And you should then, go see where uh, Stradella was murdered. Uh, But he, wait, <laughs> he was murdered where? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, we're going to get, we, we're about to solve this. All right, folks. Uh, Somewhere in Italy? Uh, Genola. Uh, Genoa. G- Genoa. Okay. So now that's a Granola. Gr- nope, not Granola. <laughs> Genoa. That's kind of like on the uh, Western part of Italy. So can't oh. quite get it over there. Well, you know. I'm more digging this uh, dinner theater thing. The dinner theater could be a lot of fun. I think we should scrap the puppets idea because that's too creepy. Right. Uh, Puppets creep me out now. Not like sock puppets. Those are like whatever, but like marionette puppets. Mm, Yeah. Those things creep me out. Well, once we both start taking this improv class, maybe we can bring it up to the improv troupe. Dude. (laughs) So first of all, yeah, improv (laughs) troops often get hired for... Uh, uh, dinner theaters. I've seen it. Uh huh. Uh huh. See, we're on to something. Uh, now I don't want to do it. Oh, <laughs> because okay. If you and I are the ones writing this thing, uh, I guess. Also, I just I'm just being reminded about how bad improv can be. Yeah. Because I would go to improv shows, mm-hmm. and I remember 
you get to a point where you understand improv, you know how to do a good scene, you know what makes a good show, and you know what makes a bad scene, and you know what makes a bad show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would find myself laughing really loud at bad improv. <laughs> like someone would be like, I don't know you, you're stupid. I would just go, ha, 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 ha. this is going to be terrible. Because it was. The person doesn't know the other person in the scene with them, and they're insulting the other person. It's like, no one wants to watch this. This is going to be so bad. Yeah, because you would, you, and in that kind of a scene, you would just go, oh, I know this person, or we're relatives, or make something up. But people don't do that for whatever reason. Their brain just shuts down when it's you're a, doing an Yes, yeah, and. It seems easy, and it most, it it's easy after you've done it a little while. Sometimes in the beginning, it's tough. But I would see people who I'm like, He's been doing this for six years. He should stop. He's really not getting it at this point. And he would start a scene like that. All I can think is improv scene, improv theater is sometimes like community theater uh-huh. that you pay for, which is <laughs> a drag to think about. Well, I mean, it's just like stand up comedy when you go to an open mic. Yeah, I don't go to open mics. Yeah, a lot of people bomb. And, and to be fair to stand ups, though, you have to bomb a ton. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I I guess I'm to the point now where I'm like, I don't want to bomb anymore. I only want to do improv where I feel, like, challenged in a good way. Someone who I know right. will, like, protect me in scenes. There was literally a guy, when I went through the improv shops, um, excuse me, the improv shops uh, um, training uh, center. hmm And, oh, my gosh. He was insane. <laughs> like, he told stories where he was like, oh, I went to uh, this party, and then I got drunk and woke up at a girl's house, and my wife didn't know any better. We're like, is that real? He's like, oh, no, I just make everything up. Like, no, the point of that was to tell a true story. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's the point. I'm not, it just wouldn't do, what, like, what the exercise was. He didn't care. And at one point, he even, like, physically hit someone like you can't do that no he uh would make sexual advances and stuff like you can't do that like they were literally just like we have to finish up with this guy because he's just the absolute worst and it just made me think like i've been doing this for a long time why do i do this (laughs) why well let's see if we're if we're both doing this class we could pick and choose the good people and not the bad people. And that's even if I'm decent at this improv thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I So I tried starting a team not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, this is, bef- this is before COVID. I started a team, and it was with a few other guys, and they were cool. And then this one guy was like, it's all guys. We're all white guys. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, but this is all the people that I know are good and that I trust. And... There was one girl I wanted to bring on, but she was pregnant and just about to have a kid. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother her. She's about to have a kid. Right, right. Um, And then more people started to be brought in by this other guy. And then, like, he just then started another team. I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. (laughs) Trying to start a team can be very frustrating because oftentimes people flake out. They don't really um, pull their weight. Yeah, it's whatever, and it it can be frustrating at times. Now they've invited me to join that group, which is cool because uh, it's most of the people that I've played with there are great. But in my head, I'm like, Ugh. the people that I really wanted to play with felt mm. ostracized 
because of this team. Okay. So now I'm like, but those were the people I wanted to play with. Mm. Now I can't play with them because of this team. So I don't know. Improv is so, it's theater people. And I think that makes it weird and awful uh, and ego. I'm not going to say awful. Ego is definitely a part of it. Um, I think it's just what is the downside of it is the personalities are dramatic and they need um, praise. It's people who need praise. That's not always a bad thing, but it oftentimes leads to people who are uh, just seeking that praise all the time, and that's oh, not healthy. Yeah. No, not at all. So that's what I don't enjoy about improv. Hmm. That's just me, though. Yeah, I've never really been in the scene. Uh, I would love to. I think I'd be halfway decent at it. I don't know. The te- I will say this. The teachers at the improv shop are fantastic. Okay. They are great. I was a little worried. I'm like, oh, it's not Chicago. It's okay. They're great. Mm-hmm. They're also very encouraging. So I would recommend going there. We're basically now just doing like an improv shop uh, commercial at this point. Why not? Awesome. Um, but the um, the teachers there are great. I was always re- some people had like a tough time taking notes from them because the teachers would be like, "Hey, don't do that. Try this instead." Mm-hmm. And they would get like, "Oh, I can't believe they were so hard on us." I go. I had teachers in Chicago who would yell at people and ridicule them and make them cry and never come back. You guys are just a bunch of snowflakes here. Come on. Well, again, going back to my experience dealing with teenagers and preaching, completely different thing. But when you have a teenager go like brutalize you and like (laughs) say the most awful things to you because they're teenagers and that's what they do. It's like. I could take most criticism after dealing with the teenager. Yeah, and I mean, emotionally, some of these people are stunted like teenagers, yeah. some. But the, gosh, the funniest thing was always just hearing like, I can't believe that teacher said that my character like was childish. Oh, I can't believe it. It's like, that, that hurts your feelings? You're complaining about this? Come on, that's really not that bad. When I, I remember this one teacher in Chicago, he, he was brutal. He, he literally enjoyed making people leave. And, but the thing was, he was like, he didn't care because to him, this was his profession and you have to respect because they use improv as like an acting tool. Improv is literally just something you put in your toolbox so that that way you can go and audition for commercials. You can use that in theater or on film, whatever you want to do. Right. And this one guy came uh, came in late to his class. He was not good at improv. I don't know. I think he just, I don't know why he was in this class. <laughs> I really don't. Um, he didn't even seem to care, but he showed up late and the teacher said, sit the f- down. I don't want to see your f-ing face for the rest of the f-ing day. And I was like, oh, God. And the other guy, the guy stood up to him. I'm like, okay, I'm about to see a 25-year-old guy beat up a... 56 year old man or something a 60 year old man at this point right they just yelled at each other back and forth and i'm like this is impossible to do improv at this point this is the worst finally though the younger guy just said fine i'll chill out whatever man (laughs) it was uh, and so that's the kind of stuff where i'm like okay yeah that's bad having someone give you a note on your scene it's like come on just take some negative criticism every now and then (laughs) right well that's the point of the class you're not going to nail everything 
maybe okay so maybe the killer of stradella 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 maybe it was someone that he was like the music teacher for and they were he just was very hard on them Mm. he was not very nice Uh uh they didn't know his concertos i'm just using words i don't (laughs) even know (laughs) <laughs> so he just that guy just said forget it i'm putting some i'm getting some guys to shoot him that's what's happening uh, i don't and they stabbed him they stabbed him yeah i thought he got shot no stabbed to death that sounds worse i yeah. don't think i think i'd rather be shot than stabbed uh, i think both are pretty bad yeah but i feel like a bullet it's i don't know it depends on where you get shot and it depends on where you get stabbed well that's true but okay say i feel like if i got Shot in the head? Yeah, it's over instantly. If I got stabbed in the head... It'd still be over. But that's more horrifying. <laughs> I feel like it's more horrifying to see a knife coming in towards you as opposed... You you don't see the bullet. No. So that's why I feel like the knife is just more... Ugh. Oh, For sure, because it's like face-to-face, yeah. hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. yeah I, I think I mentioned what my grandpa said about bayoneting someone. Uh, you did on 4th of July. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast. You stab, twist, and then go up or down. Yep. <clears throat> Sounds worse than being shot. Yeah. It's more visceral, for sure. Mm, yeah. I sound like, yeah, I sound like Batman. That <laughs> just happened. We could call our troop to, to Stradellas. I like it. I like it. I, I think it should be Stradellas Assassins. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yep. And then people would, that would literally, uh, they would be very confused. I will say my favorite um, improv team name that I've ever had was Charcuterie. <laughs> because people are like, A, they don't know quite what Charcuterie is. But if they do know what Charcuterie is, they're like, oh, that's really silly. But if they didn't, they're like, oh, that's a silly word. So it, we would come out and say, hello, we are Charcuterie. And then people would be like, what? What? So, yeah, that works. I think another one that I heard was uh, Just the Tip. Yeah. So hey, we're just the tip. We're gonna see how this feels. Mm. That was like their their joke in mm. Chicago. So I knew a band name when I was booking venues a hundred years ago. Uh, that was called TBA. TBA. Mm-hmm. To be announced. Mm, okay. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clever. That's not bad. It's not bad. I uh, <laughs> I was talking with David Shepard not too long ago. Oh yeah. And uh, we mentioned. Uh, I mentioned to him this band that we saw at Cornerstone called A Brutal Fight. <laughs> and I remember see- seeing that name. I'm like, I don't think I want to go see him. It's going to be aggressive metal. Not quite my scene. But David was like super into it. So we went and they were actually okay. Nice. <laughs> kind of surprised. Nice. They were like death metal, but it was still, I'm like, the musicianship here is very good actually. Um, but yeah, that was one name I will never forget. A Brutal Fight. That's perfect. Was their name. So. But I also say, I mean this, I don't trust musicians. (laughs) I don't trust musicians. Okay. Kate noticed that about me, and she's like, man, anytime you see certain musicians, you're like, ugh. And it's true. I just don't trust. Like, okay, the one musician that I feel like I've heard who's pretty benevolent and giving is Bono. But we all roll our eyes at Bono because we almost don't believe that he's benevolent you know that he's this, this, this charitable person uh-huh. I, like i'm fine with him it's like hey he seems cool i like you too uh-huh. but how often do people roll their eyes whenever they hear bono or you too i can't say that i care 
Okay, all right. I'm very indifferent but to most it, musicians. Well, it doesn't seem like you might hear about other, um, you know, artists that are, you know, I don't know, have their charities or they do something they give right. back. I don't hear it as much with musicians. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're you're not joining on the conversation, are you? No, no. I, I'm just trying to logically think this through on a, a logical point. Uh, I think it's incredibly log- logical. Musicians don't care about anyone else but themselves. Uh, that may be true. And that could be part of the performance aspect of being a rock star. And it's very kind of selfish and into yourself. Uh, yep. For some reason, I keep thinking of Metallica and the whole Napster debacle. Yeah. But what's funny is they were they ended up being right. Yeah. Which is interesting. I, I remember being a kid and being like, oh, I like Napster. Crap, I like Metallica. Uh, oh, dude, I had an Napster account. I think everyone did. Back well, a lot of, I was late to the game, but I was like on ground floor, yeah, which was funny because mm. uh, I never did LimeWire. A lot of people did LimeWire. I don't think I did LimeWire. I did Kazaa after Napster died. I think I did. Yeah, I did as well. I did, and then I think I got guilty at some point and was like, "Oh, I need to not steal music, so I just buy all my music." And then I then YouTube happened, and I'm like, "I'm not buying anything." <laughs> <now."> <laughs> I can't tell you the last. That's not true. I've bought records, but like vinyl. Uh, records? Yeah, I've bought a vinyl oh, record. I don't have a record player. I, I got one a few years ago. I need to buy some more vinyl. I yep. like it. Well, I, I think like Elton John has done some charity work. and uh, Really? Uh, oh, what's his face? I can't. Uh, Billy, uh, not Idol. Billy Joel? Billy Joel. Really? Yeah. What, for like a cruise ship or something? I have no idea. I I'm making this up. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. I I just think I've heard these guys being like upstanding people. Like I know Billy Joel, for example. I do know this is a fact that Madison Square Garden, he doesn't sell the first row of seats because he gives those to people that are buying the cheap seats. Okay, I mean that's not really a charity. That's just being cool, right? So I'm not. Uh, so I'm kind of rebuttaling your argument that musicians are just assholes. All right. I mean, maybe they're good to their fans. Maybe. Because they make their money off their fans. Yeah, absolutely. But, I don't know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I'll see actors, definitely not all actors, but a lot of actors that were like, yeah, I had this charity for the soup kitchen, uh, was, uh, 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 Joseph Gordon Lovett, I think, is, is doing things like with literacy and making sure that uh, kids with you know, have their reading level up to a certain degree. Right, right, right. Yeah, they do stuff like that. I feel like I see more of that with actors. Um, um you know, rappers, I do see a lot. They're very giving to their community. So I do see that in hip hop. So I'm going to exclude them. I think it's more rock and roll artists. If I see a white guy with a guitar, I'm automatically thinking, what a leech. What a leech. Yeah, he's not. He's just looking to suck the blood out of life. That's all he wants. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Or like a white girl with an acoustic guitar. Mm. Don't trust her. Okay. Nope. Don't trust her. I might trust a person. With a teardrop tattoo, more than I trust someone a, with a guitar. Yeah, a, a, an acoustic guitar okay. just makes me go like, "Oh, you're looking to take everything from everyone. <laughs> That's all you want." That's my feelings. At least the guy with the teardrop, I know I'm not going to tick you off. I've got weed now, so it's definitely going to be cool with me. Right. Right. Yeah. That's my thought. Um. Yeah. I'm not going to let him into my house, but... There might be some trauma there. Some uh, Were you hurt by a musician at one point in your life? 
I was definitely manipulated by musicians in church. Yeah, so there might be something to this. Might be, but I also just don't trust them. <laughs> Come on, you can't, you cannot trust a musician, and I think that's why Scradella died. It, okay, yeah, that's fair. See, yeah. having been a uh, musician a uh, hundred years ago, yeah, but that was a hundred years ago. Uh, yeah, it really was. Yes, um, and booking local crappy punk bands yeah. for years. I met a lot of good people. All right. Yeah, they were nice to their promoter. I believe it. Oh, uh, promoter. <laughs> yep. We're talking about... A Booker. Local... Sorry, Club Booker. Whatever. We're talking about uh, me and my other friend uh, booking bands out of our church basement. Yeah. Yeah. They needed a gig. It's going to be nice to you. Uh, some of them weren't, but... Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. What was the worst? Um. So we... We were booking out of a, a church basement, and so we had a contract that would just be like, promise us you won't cuss or like hail Satan or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, be kind of clean. Uh, and this one band, uh, you know, begrudgingly signed this contract and basically said if you did any of this stuff, you wouldn't get paid. And we were one of the band or one of the venues in our immediate area that paid the most, which funnily enough, because we did it five dollars at the door. And if we book three bands, you get a dollar ahead and we keep two dollars for our snacks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which was unheard of back in the day, because a lot of these venues, smaller venues, you had to rent the sound equipment, you had to rent the sound guy, you would then basically kind of either break even or owe the venue Mm. to play so we were the only ones like giving you a check and granted it was between 50 and 100 dollars because that's how many people came to these shows but that's something yeah uh so if you broke this contract we didn't pay you and so this band uh just got up there they played most of their set and then the guy grabs the microphone and starts just cussing and talking about how Jesus is awful and you're holding us down and freedom of speech. And we're just like, okay. Like, yeah, the freedom of speech. You just can't play here. That's fine. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it's the church. What, what do you expect? Yeah. Sorry. We're not, uh, you know, performing satanic rituals. <laughs> we don't have any, uh, 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 yeah, Scientologists here. You get what you get, dummy. Right. So, yeah. Well. Uh, it was a... Did he ever make it? Did he? Have, did that band ever make it into the big time? No. Probably because he was a dick, and he was also a musician. <laughs> musician. I mean, we had a couple of, like, touring bands that came through and booked us. Nice. No one ever really got big. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. I mean, it was a crappy little venue in the, in the county, like, and the music sh- scene died in the early 2000s year so well also i feel like music in general isn't quite part of it is due to being able to steal music the music industry is definitely not as strong as it was at the turn of the century it lost a lot of momentum because of pirating of music uh that's just gonna happen i mean bands were for a while thinking okay touring is going to be the big money we we put out an album so we can tour. Mm-hmm. That still didn't really do it too much. So overall, it's, I think, even more difficult for musicians to... Uh, even though I don't trust musicians, musicians yeah. it's well, even more difficult. I think what really killed it is YouTube. 
YouTube? YouTube and social media because everyone has a voice. It doesn't take much to film yourself doing whatever on YouTube and putting it up. So then you become just another band and noise. Yeah. Okay. So this makes me think maybe Stradella. I think now it could have been a tour manager that killed him. Mm, It could have been a tour manager. He, there's all kinds of people that you can screw over as a musician and this happens with musicians. It could have been a crazed fan. A groupie, yeah. Yeah, a crazed fan. A jealous woman saw Stradella. With, with this other chick. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. she's like, no, 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 no. I have money because I married a rich guy in Genoa and we don't care. We got our own open thing. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. she then just hires assassin after assassin <laughs> after assassin to kill this guy. I'm, that's another possibility. Or or it could have been someone who didn't trust musicians and then just snapped It could have been a guy named Caleb who just did not trust musicians. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I'm not the only one. We yeah. all know this. We all know this. And not to mention hiring really crappy assassins. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love, too. It was three rounds of assassins. And in my head, like the first one, I love that they're like, no, we like his music. He's so good. We're not going to kill him. <laughs> like That's your reason for not doing the uh-huh. yeah, terrible job. But you, you, you were hired to do this. Do you, I wonder if they gave the money back. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, what was that conversation like? The assassins have... reporting back into this guy? Oh, man. And then you have to hire assassins to kill those assassins. Uh-huh. So like, this is the play. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. It's not no longer Stradella. Stradella is like the B character in a C story. Okay. The main story is these assassins. assassins is two Because idi- <laughs> it's two, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely two. I think it's two idiots, uh, <laughs> at least two, who are just like, oh, man, do you did you hear that concerto? It was so good. <laughs> so good. I'm man. not gonna let that string quartet let let it go from my brain. I have to let the man live. Dude, dude we can't we can't murder this guy. No, right? he's so good. Dude, I'm so emotional right now. I'm keeping the muddy though. Definitely. I'm we're, to- we're going to Venice and we're spending it all. Oh, there. 100. It's gonna be great. We'll hang in the Doge Palace. It's gonna be perfect. <laughs> oh, but then and then the second round, they got to him, but they didn't finish the job. Uh, they wounded him, which. I don't know. That just makes me feel like they kind of maybe like, oh, he's really good. I need the money. Stabby, stab, stab. <laughs> all right, we're gonna. All right, we're, we're, we're just out. gonna we're, do the job. All right, <laughs> go away. He's, ah, you stabbed me like four times in the right arm. That sucked. I'm just gonna bandage. Are you done? All are right, you, are you done? I'm just gonna lay here and act dead. God, where's the? Where's my hot woman? <laughs> oh, thank God I found you. Uh, all right, because it said like they got married after the second one. Uh huh. Right? Uh-huh. All right, so he proposes after he got stabbed. Death stabs happen. Mm-hmm. Stabby stab stab happens. Okay, now comes the proposal. I mean, she. I, I feel like she has to say yes. I feel bad for her. Right. She's in this really bad situation. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not after her either. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's no mention of her getting attacked. So it's like, if it was a love affair, he goes. The the nobleman that hires the assassin say, "Yeah, don't kill her." But kill him? Yeah. Wouldn't you want to kill both? So it's getting fishy. Because usually in these types of situations, the person kills both She might have been in on it. (laughs) That's why the assassins kept finding him. Oh, (laughs) man. Kate's right. It's always the spouse. Always. But why would she marry him after he gets stabbed? To get the money. To get the money. He could have had some money. If he's traveling around and he's in Genoa... 
he could have had some some extra money in there that they're like, all right, we'll kill him, and then we'll take the money, and we'll just take it back home. Okay, all right. And she probably had to be like, all right, after the second one, where it's like, God, they stabbed him, <laughs> but only in the arm. <laughs> in the what is wrong with these two idiots? That the first two idiots just didn't do the job. The second two idiots sucked at the job. Uh huh. We gotta hire now two more assassins. Uh huh. Six assassins have been hired in this, you know, fictitious sort of look at this. <laughs> it could have been more. It could have been, been groups of three, maybe four. You never know. Well, just assassins that got lost or didn't want to do it at yeah, all. Yeah, and then there might have been some that got lost. <laughs> That's true. You could have hired some assassins. Uh, I'm so sorry. We ended up in Florence. What if, what if, what if the first group of assassins who are so compelled by the music that don't kill them mm-hmm. end up killing more assassins because they're going after Yeah, <laughs> they're like protecting them. Oh. Maybe that's why he got away the second time. That's true. Maybe they came and were like, no. <laughs> we like this guy. His music is so good. We're in his fan club. Well, Look, why are you doing this? We're wearing shirts of him. Which they totally did back then, I'm sure. Yeah, they had band shirts at that point. (laughs) So they go and kill the stabby stabbers. Uh huh, uh huh. And then I guess, man, they must have been on vacay for round three. Maybe. Or maybe they got killed themselves. Oh. Maybe the third assassins were like, dude. It was was an assassin's guild that took out the assassins and. One hundo. Stradella. Stradella. Mm hmm. Yeah. I could see. I bet that's what happened. Some secret assassins going, dude, there's these groupies that we now have to kill. Yeah. Because we're trying to kill this guy, yeah. and these guys are just in love with Stradella. Yeah, so they love his music they, so much. They all got to go. They, they all have to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally like a Comic-Con convention mm-hmm. of assassins, yes. I feel like. 100%. Just, oh. Okay, and I think she was in on it. It's sounding more and more like that. Yeah. Because if it was a revenge story, say it was an old man who was into this chick, you kill both of them. That's true. And she never got it. So she had to have been like, all right, listen, we are going to be in Turin this day. Send your two best assassins. Then after that, those are your best assassins? (laughs) They love him now. No, I actually have to marry this guy. (laughs) Because that's after round two. Uh huh. Round two Uh was not in Turin. I thought round one was in Turin. Uh, Yeah. Round two was in Turin as well? I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll say round two was maybe in Milan. I don't know. So then round two happens in Milan, and she's like, oh my God, I have to marry him now because BFF assassins just saved him, and now you got to hire some assassins to kill the assassins and kill Stradella. Stradella. Gosh, she was was good. Yeah. She was good. I think we solved this murder. I think we did. I feel worse now. I feel better. You do? I do, because now we have a play that we can Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) We totally could. I will say this. I hope they go back to touring, but the best improv show I ever saw, constant, well, one of the two best I saw was Improvised Shakespeare Company. Mm Mm-hmm. It was literally a improvised Shakespearean play, and they would speak in the language, styles, and have the themes of Shakespeare. Wow. And it always opened with like that opening sonnet. It was spoken in rhyme. It was pr- just brilliant. Wow. And it would just be like, this would be the first act. And they would almost tell you what happened in the first act. And then they would do it all. And then they would take a break and then come back after five minutes and do the second act. And at the very end, it was all done in rhyme again, just wow. going through everything that had just happened. Brilliant. Um wow. 
Tom Middlestitch, who was on um, Silicon Valley, was in uh, Improvised Shakespeare for a while. Several other people who um, have ended up doing writing, like for The Daily Show um, and Colbert, they were on it as well. Um, but there's last I heard, they were performing at I.O., IO went under, so I don't know what they're doing, but they were touring and they would tour in St. Louis. One time, though, in Chicago, and I know a few times in London, they got Patrick Stewart to join. Wow. Yeah. And everyone was freaking out. I said, Oh my gosh, he's here. I tried to get in, but tickets were gone for the Patrick oh, Stewart yeah, of show. Course. But it was apparently incredible. He loved Shakespeare and just thought it would be fun to, well, to join it, in. So, it, like, yeah, totally. Isn't that his background? What's theater and Shakespeare? I believe so. Yeah. And so, of course, if anyone's going to know it, it's great. Plus, He's going to be fine with improv. The man will understand it. So Right. But, yeah. So, okay, I think we've, A, we've solved a murder. We've um, <laughs> talked about our, our enjoyments of imp- what that we enjoy improv. Uh-huh. I do not trust musicians. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim does. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> fine. You can trust him. I'm not going to. And um, we might have a show to work on. <laughs> I think we need to actually do this. Like, just lean into it. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of work. Even if it's a radio show, that <laughs> maybe it's an episode of the podcast. <laughs> An entire Stradella's murder. Yeah. I like one of those old school radio plays. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would take a lot of work. But, yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> Can we get Curtis to help? Oh, we could have the whole cast. Okay. All right. Uh, the other show, I can bring those guys on and oh, maybe other people. That would be fun. <laughs> I only have four microphones, so. Well, I mean, you would have just, you know, people on different sides of one and yeah, yeah I like to do it. To do. Um, yeah, that could be fun. I guess you're going to write that script. <laughs> <laughs> I've never written a script in my life. I, I don't like writing scripts. I've actually been working on this fantasy novel idea for oh, forever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like. I start writing stuff and then I start judging it really quickly, but then I'll come up with other ideas I want to add to it. And I'm like, all right, well, it's all trapped in here. We just need to sit down together and start writing this. Do a little bit more research. No, less research. That that came from no research of mine and just goofing off. You did the research. It's true. (laughs) So I I think the story is these assassins and Stradella is more of the kind of the, the guy that always just kind of shows up. He's Jason Bateman. He's the straight guy, I feel like, in all of this. Yeah, just yeah. happened to fall in love with this terrible woman that we've made. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's the two goofball assassins. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They keep coming in to make... They're protecting their boy. Well, what I'm saying is that the two goofball assassins are the main characters. Yeah. We follow their story, and Stradella's is kind of the the background plot. Mm. That I think that's the more interesting story. Yeah. I think it could be. And then they But then up, we gotta. But then the whole love thing—they gotta like. Yeah, that's happening in the background with these two idiot but assassins. Know, but we gotta know uh, the ladies. Um, is it all from an omniscient point of view? Because we have to understand that she's in on. on yeah, I think so. His omniscient point of view. Okay. Hmm. I, I think we need to talk this out and um, yeah. start working, writing things down. Yeah. And then we have a radio play. <laughs> oh man, Kate, this one's all for you. So I think that wraps it up, folks. This was a ton of fun. Lots of I fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and also, message Tim who you think, or message me who you think murdered uh, Stradella. Uh-huh. If you have your own theories, let us know. Um, but yeah, Tim, love you, man. Love you too. Have a good one. You too.